It didn't take a lot of, let's sit down and have a Ward Cleaver moment with Beaver, you know, and tell him what's going on in our neighborhood. We didn't need that. I mean, we were all kind of wise and hip to what's going on. We knew it. So we left in 1979, I'm guessing, for Portage, and I kept going to school in Gary. I drove my motorcycle into Gary every day, which in hindsight, I'm thinking, what am I doing? But I didn't think twice about it. I, I proudly rode my motorcycle from Portage to Gary every day to go to school, that kind of thing. I was part of the white flight. I would love to go back and interview my parents, what they thought, especially my dad. What was he thinking? He, he passed away almost 30 years ago. But I would love to ask him those questions. Did you want to take a stand? Did you want to stay there and go, we're going to stay here and, you know, we're going to hold this off and we're going to be fine and we're going to show people everything's going to be fine here, that kind of stuff? Or was it just an inevitability that washed over him and go, man, we just can't stay here any longer. I'm tired of either locking my doors three times or worrying about my daughter or my kids. There was a, a specific rape that I remember and a murder. Uh, her name was Brenda Benaski. And if you say, I think that name, I think I have her name right. If you say that name to anybody who lived in Miller back then, they'd go, oh, oh yeah, Brenda Benaski. It was a bell for everyone, especially about the, the white community. Like, oh man, this is not the same. We're not the same anymore. And then other crimes happening just in our neighborhood and double locking and triple locking doors, you know, which I do, you know, I would lock the door of this office right now if you let me. <laughs> Who knows? Click. You never know. That's part of the upbringing. We were never vandalized or criminalized, our family, I don't think in Gary, that I can recall. So I don't think it was one specific traumatic event that did it. I think it was just an accumulative effect around us. So it wasn't anything personal to us. And matter of fact, after we left Gary, moved to Portage, I remember my dad's car that he loved. It was called a Riviera, I think it was. It got stolen in Portage. I thought that was the funniest thing. We moved to Portage and we lose our car already. What the hell are we doing? Moving to Portage. Should have stayed in Gary. Much safer there. I have mixed feelings. Well, kind of like shame of being just another white family that fled a, a, a urban city, so to speak, like so many thousands, tens of thousands of others. But we didn't do it like out of, I think, anger. A lot of people who were raised, especially in the 40s and 50s, and they think that was their golden moment in life, and the city of Gary was a magical, industrial, miracle city. They were mad, mad, angry, and they're still mad. I've written a book called Lost Gary, and I've talked to people at presentations, and they're still mad. Decades later, they were kicked out. They were forced to leave their city is how they view it. I don't think we had that. Our family did not have that kind of anger and animosity. We just kind of did the smartest thing. We're just you know, surviving middle-class existence. It wasn't a big thought process. It was like, my daughter can be in danger here. My kids can get better education elsewhere. We're going to move on. I'm closer to work. They worked in the Bethlehem Steel at the time, so it was even a closer commute for them. Everything just seemed a green light to go out of town.